All right, today is uh, Tuesday, November 7th. I've been told it's election day because there were kids in the store that did not have school today. So happy. That is correct. Um, Did you have off for that? No. Neither did I. Somehow, even without schools, though, I hit more traffic than ever. It was the strangest thing. Coming home, I did too because I meant I was trying to get air in my tires, and two gas stations I went to were packed to the gills, and I just had to come straight home. No air for you. No, and that was episode twenty nine <laughs> of Breaks Down Five. See y'all next week. <laughs> um, all right, so to on the I believe the right side of your screen, at least the right side of my screen, is Thomas Frey sitting behind me, chowing down on some Moe's Southwest Grill. Is producer Rue. Sitting on the floor somewhere in this same room is Kai. I'm Adam Hartog, and this is episode 29, the Geo Urshela episode of the Breaks Down podcast, powered by 528 Collectibles. I tripped myself up because I, for at, for a brief second, I was like, wait, it was Geo 20, 29 or 26? But then I remembered. Glaber's def- 26. No, he's not. <laughs> Damn it. Glaber's 12? 25. Who's 26? BJ. Damn it. I'm that. No, you're right. Even when I think I'm right, I'm not right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have a cool episode today. We're going to recap some of the college football, talk about some of the NFL action, and we're going to do our NFL power rankings as the meat of today's program. So that should be fun. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some, some difference of opinion in both of our lists. We're going to do awards as usual and close with our bold prediction of the year. Of the week. Should be a fun episode. Let's get into it. All right. Taping this just before 8 p.m. on Tuesday, November 7th. It was a cool weekend of college football, for me at least, and for a lot of people, the highlight game was Alabama and LSU. Number eight, Alabama came away with a 42 the 28 victory over LSU. Jaden Daniels got hurt uh, a little into the third quarter, so the final score wasn't as close as the first half. Made it seem like the game was going to be, but this was a an awesome game to watch, as it always is. Pretty crazy, given where both teams were quarterback wise at the beginning of the year. How they've both kind of figured it out and are very comfortable with who they have. Yeah, I was I was very much on record on this program saying that. Jaden Daniels was going to hold LSU back, and he has been the only thing in the <laughs> this season. Yeah. <laughs> so and Alabama's on their 15th quarterback, so. Yeah, I mean, the Jalen Milrow thing is cool because he was he was benched earlier this year, and he was not like a super highly touted guy anyway, so it's not like here's this superstar that lost his job. It was like here's this guy that had his chance to seize the job and didn't take it, but since then he's – totally settled in as their starter they he seems like he's playing with a level of confidence that he didn't have earlier this season and the team around him seems totally on board with him being their guy and that kind of shows through everything from Saban's like McAfee interviews during the week to how they play on Saturday and how much they trust him now do you think Bama is accurately ranked currently or do you think they're better than their ranking I think they're probably better than the eighth-ranked team in the country, but I understand why it's hard to rank them over some of the unbeaten teams and even some of the one-loss teams like Oregon who have a better loss than Alabama does. Like, you, it's hard because you, I guess you can't really rank – you can't rank them over Texas 
because Texas beat them head to head, but I think that they are a better team than Texas. Like I think Oregon right now is better than Washington, but you can't have Washington ahead of them. So who's the best team in the country in your eyes now that it's not Washington? Uh, I mean, Michigan has probably had the biggest margin of victory cumulatively and by average in all their games, but everybody keeps saying they haven't played anybody. I think Oregon, but I would probably put Georgia ahead of them for now just because until proven otherwise. I mean, how could I possibly? They're on a 26-game win streak, I think. Yeah. This is kind of a, a sidebar, I guess I'll say. You said cumulatively, and I had a philosophy professor who always said cumulatively. That's insane. And he ruined the word for me forever. Now, every time someone says it, I think of him because it's just like the most ridiculous thing ever. I generally like mispronunciations. Like, I like when people say nuclear. I think it's hysterical. It's just not right. No, yeah. it's not right, but I think it's no. really funny. Cumulatively. Cumulative. It's, it's like, oh, it's more than halfway to chameleon almost. It's, it's not. close. It actually trips me up now. I have to second guess myself whenever I say the word. When you say it correctly? Yes. <laughs> I almost tripped myself up just saying a different word that started with C. <laughs> <laughs> correctly correctly yeah um, correctly you know, I, I was watching this game on saturday and i'm not gonna pretend that i didn't get a little emotional because i had the thought at one point like a little bit into the second quarter that for every single year for 12 13, 12 years starting in 2012 i've sat down and watched this game because that's when i like really got into college football and I have a tendency when I get into new sports to feel like I am on like, like I'm like a newbie kind of, and there's like a lot of history that I don't understand and like I'm missing out on. And I felt that way with college football for a while, but like I was just kind of sitting there thinking about all the, like the players I've seen come through in this game, just watching it every year. And like, it's, it's some of the best college players of all time. And like some of the best players in the NFL currently, like I've seen, like Tyran Matthew, Amari Cooper, Odell, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette. I made a list just on on a piece of scratch paper. Minka Fitzpatrick, Quinn Williams, Jamal Adams. Haven't even gotten to the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, Tua, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I forgot Bryce Young, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith won a Heisman. And I don't know. It's very – it's just like crazy. This one game Sad I keep watching. Moss. Bad Moss, yeah, I can't believe I left him out. Big snub. Yeah, uh, it's just cool. It's like, holy shit, like I've seen a lot just watching this one game, this little tradition now. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how much talent is funneled through both programs. Yeah, um, and then a little more on Jaden Daniels. He has <laughs> – I like that it's officially adopted the program. Yeah, but now that you told me that you laugh whenever I say it, it's made me start to laugh when I say it. Well, what's really going to get me is when you finally embrace that beautiful city in Kentucky's journey. I will never. I will never. <laughs> but uh, Jane Daniels threw nine games, eight, eight or nine games, 2,800 yards through the air, 27 touchdowns, four picks, 684 rushing yards, and four and six rushing touchdowns. He probably can't win a Heisman just because there's really no precedent in the modern day of a quarterback of a team that already has three losses winning the Heisman at this point. But he should get an invitation as a finalist to New York. Do you think he will? I think they'll get a nomination. Yeah, I mean, 
it's Penix, I think, is the front runner still. JJ McCarthy's up there. And I'll Phoenix. be really upset if J- yeah, Phoenix. And I'll be really upset if JJ McCarthy wins the Heisman. So I'm hoping Is that I'm just because hoping- you don't you don't think he's that good or he's just this like blonde haired California kid five star recruit that's like the quarterback of like maybe the best team and it's like fuck this so guy. You don't like him because he's handsome or I don't it's it's not that. It's just like he just seems like he, he seems like he would be the guy that you're scripted to not like immediately in a TV show. He gives me Zach Wilson vibes. Yeah, and and I think that description applies to both of them. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's like the guy that the new kid shows up to school and then the the cool guy like bullies him a little bit and then if, yeah. but then he but usually those guys have some sort of arc where they become likable. Yeah, it's like the he's the football Nathan Scott maybe. Yeah, Nathan Scott. I was thinking of uh, who was I just thinking of? Either yeah, I'll, I'll think of it. Was it was it Louisville? It wasn't Wool. <laughs> um, and then for uh, for Alabama, Dallas Turner also is a problem. Five star recruit, the number one edge in the twenty twenty one class, number twelve player nationally, projected as a future first round pick, and. Uh, he he was the one that was it was tackled Jaden Daniels on the play where he got injured, which I think was a clean play, but he was a disruptor all game. And then uh, like one more note, I guess on Milrow, I he's been like he's drastically improved. Seems like a clear leader on that team. I have no idea if he's going to be the starter this time next year. Still, like a couple of years ago, Clemson after Deshaun had this guy Kelly Bryant, who was like a a solid quarterback and led them to a playoff game, which they lost to Bama, I think, and then led them halfway through the season with an undefeated record and then was replaced by Trevor Lawrence, who I almost just called Clever Lawrence for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I don't know if that's going to be like uh, the same situation for Milrow or if he'll actually hold on to this job for a couple seasons. Was Trevor Lawrence like – out of high school as highly touted as he was, you know, right after his freshman year or was he, he was. Yeah. I think he was like the hot, like one of the two or three highest graded quarterback prospects ever. Okay. So I guess Alabama would need to be bringing in someone potentially like that. I feel like talent wins out at Bama. So it just depends on if they bring in someone better. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like the Lawrence situation, I remember, reading articles and it was just like like it's so obvious in practice who's better that it's awkward that, that he's not he's not the starter feel that so it, it could be totally different um also over this weekend was bedlam the final edition of the annual big 12 rivalry between oklahoma and oklahoma state this one took place at boone's Pickens stadium in stillwater oklahoma which they say has the darkest night sky in America. They okay, that, that's a black. fun fact. Yeah. It's what it's what black? It's neon black. That just sounds silly. It's just like so like it's striking. so black that it's light. Yes. <laughs> it Pac-Man itself. It went just whoop. All right. That's in where? Where is that at? Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay. Can't say I've ever been 
No, I, I can say I never, I can't say I never will, but I probably never will. Yeah. Odds are not in our favor. Now that Bedlam isn't going to be a yearly thing, I probably won't ever go, which I'm upset is, is ending because that's one of my favorite rivalry games of the whole season. And now that Oklahoma's off to the SEC, it's not a regularly scheduled game. But I also think that that makes this win for Oklahoma State that much sweeter because it's like the last one. They should just have a non-conference every year. I agree. It's prop. My guess is that Oklahoma doesn't want to do it. Why? Because they lose. Uh, yeah, I mean they don't lose often. I think the series, the the, the series score is like ninety to twenty now, but. Still, I, it's like it's a it'd be a really tough non-conference game, and I'm not sure that they yeah. are ready to do it yet. Maybe after adapting to the SEC for a couple of years, but they're probably too chicken. Petrified. Yeah, I was gonna, chicken works. I was gonna, going for petrified, but I like chicken more. Yeah, it's closer to home, especially it's, in the prairies. I just imagined it like you know the Jets and the Giants always play like every not year. A, not every year though. No, but they play in preseason. Oh yeah, you're right. So, it's it's definitely doable. I just yeah. I don't I don't know. Yeah, don't, you're right. If it, it, you don't want your non-conference schedule to be that difficult. Yeah, at least not for Oklahoma, who probably will lose a couple games every year in the SEC. If you're like Bama, then I mean, it's hard for the SEC teams. But if you're like a Pac-12, then then a, a big out-of-conference win helps. Like Oregon beat Ohio State a couple seasons ago, and that was like their highlight win. But if you're in the SEC, you're beating the best teams week after week anyway. How many uh, how many teams are going to be in the expanded playoff? Twelve next year. That's so crazy. It's going to be awesome because I think the first round is going to be on campus, and then we'll still obviously have blowouts when like Georgia plays teams, but we'll have better games at the start. So I'm for it. If it was twelve teams right now, the Beavs would be in it. I think they probably would at last like an hour. They're twelve. They're twelve. Yeah, right now. That's awesome. The DJ and the Beavs in, and Trevor and not Trevor Lawrence, Dabo and the the Clemson Tigers. Not. That would be exciting. I'd be very happy to hear that. <laughs> I'd also bet all of my money. All of, I figured out what this is from. I went. I was gonna say all of King Midas is silver. It's from Dodgeball. It is a movie quote. It's intentionally wrong. So one time uh, you were like, isn't it gold? And I was like, I think that's a quote, and I think it's supposed to be wrong. It's got to be I, white. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay, that it's makes like sense. I wouldn't sell you your gym back for all of King Midas's silver. Uh, I know exactly the quote. Okay. Yes. Yeah, all right. That makes total sense. This is a callback from like eight episodes ago that I just remembered to, to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I, I think because they're leaving and going to a new conference, winning this game for Oklahoma State is kind of like UNC beating Duke in Coach K's last game. It's like, yeah, you yeah, got us a lot, but like left with a sour taste in your mouth. That sucked. As a Duke guy, that really sucked. Yeah, I was I was happy. Um, good game, though. Yeah, just like, I don't know, man. To go out like that's tough. Yeah, that I mean Duke was probably the best team in the country that year. Uh, like uh, with with Paolo and some of those other guys, I don't know that like t- if you play that ten times, I don't think UNC wins more than two. 
It felt like they weren't so much a team that year, more like a collection of individuals. I mean, UNC had guys that had been around for way longer. Exactly. Big was a junior, I think. Uh, four, no, Downs? No, Downs was a bat, was a football player. Cook? No. Love? Yeah. Caleb Love. Caleb Love, right? That sounds right. Yes, that's him. They were all like he's, upper class. He's on Arizona now. The Wildcats. Caleb Love. Yeah, the Wildcats. I think he was going to transfer to Michigan, but then changed his mind. That's exactly right. I'm starting to know to learn college basketball things. Well, that COVID year let these guys play for like ever. That's true, yeah. Tell Rocky Lombardi's still starting for NIU. I'm pretty sure Harry Ellis is still at Kansas. <laughs> With Frank Mason? Yeah. Perry Ellis was at Kansas for no less than 10 years. Dude, we were like in diapers when that guy got his first minutes for the Jayhawks. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that he was at Kansas for 10 years. <laughs> Back to college football. Oklahoma, I think, are frauds now. They had that huge win over Texas, but then they struggled with their last three games. They had a close loss to UC, close win to UCF, who missed the two point conversion to tie it. At the end, they lost at home to Kansas and then dropping this one. This isn't like a bad loss because it's Bedlam and this shit happens, but they've still drastically improved uh, season over season. I thought I couldn't tell if it was coughing or laughing. It's overall a success from last year, year two of the Venables era. And then on the other hand, Oklahoma State started 2-2 two and two with a home loss to South Alabama. That like is panic button times 10 kind of material. Mm-hmm. And then they've righted the ship they're six and two now ollie gordon has been awesome for them the running back in 137 yards and two touchdowns against oklahoma and he has been the engine of their turnaround it's uh the progress that we needed to see under brent venables but it's they're not there yet i mean well they they need to get you out to norman for them to be like there yet well they know what they need to do enter the jason dominguez mini helmet not that but that's that would help then i'd even i'd even put my issues with dylan gabriel's face aside if that was the case uh and then oklahoma state uh currently on track for a big 12 title game matchup with texas uh they both have one loss in the conference so it would be them facing off in dallas as of now that'd be a fun game i'm all about mike gundy Mike Gundy's got some of the best hair in sports. He's a man. He's 40. <laughs> I think he's got to be at least like 56 now. But yeah, that, that was an iconic. He's exactly 56. He does have great hair. At that time, he didn't have such great hair, though. Oh, he just had normie hair. Yeah. Now it's he does have beautiful hair. If the kind of hair that if, if it hadn't been shown on sidelines nationally the progression of it growing most people would probably assume is fake he's got a lot of it it's extremely it almost looks fake honestly that's what i'm saying yeah it's extremely thick rue have you seen this guy for him yeah he's uh he's been there forever there were some rumors that he was on the hot seat a couple a couple weeks ago when they were six and two 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 and two but wow that talk even if it was it probably wasn't legit but either way, it's been silenced. Silenced now. 
been almost 20 years. And he played there. Yeah, so it was a homecoming job. I didn't know that. Is this the only Cowboys in football that you don't despise? Off the top of my head, yeah. Oh, I forgot about Wyoming, actually. Sorry. Yeah, I don't have any issues with Wyoming. If, if you had to rank your Cowboys. They'd you, probably you have, be. You have to put Billy the Kid on there, too, somewhere. It's got to be those three teams and Billy the Kid. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I guess it would be Mike Gundy and OK State number one. Okay. I think I think Billy the Kid would have to be two, then okay. Wyoming, then Dallas. I like that order. I think that's the the correct order for me. It feels right. I can't put anyone over Mike Gundy's hair. No, not even Billy the Kid, who I think is from Wheeling, Oklahoma. He is from. He was born in New York, actually. Billy Where? The kid. Uh, he was born in. It just says New York City. I mean, it was 1859, so oh, maybe Manhattan. His name's not even Billy, by the way, or William. What is it? His real That's an alias, William Bonnie. But his real name is Henry McCarty. Henry the Kid? Well, he became Billy the Kid with his, under his alias. He should have gone by Henry VIII. He was arrested for stealing food when he was 16 in 1875. Ten days later, he robbed quote-unquote, a Chinese laundry and was arrested again but escaped. Then he fled the New Mexico Territory into the Arizona Territory, and he began to call himself William Bonnie, and that's when he became Billy the Kid. Bonner? No, that's Matt. (laughs) Uh, They hung him eventually, too. I mean, I didn't look into his, uh, his, his death, but I was just giving you the spark notes for those who wanted to learn more. I'm actually mostly going off Billy Joel's song, Ballad of Billy the Kid, when I say they hung him. And the judge said, string him up for what he did. I think he was shot. Yeah, he was shot. By Pat Garrett? No relation to Jason. (laughs) Well, all right. So since we're on the topic of Jason Garrett and coaches that cannot get super talented rosters to the next level, USC lost again. Yeah, that... That was uh, foreseeable. Yeah, I mean, when you're letting up half a century to Washington, final score fifty-two to forty-two. Of- I have a I have a question for you on this game, actually. Yeah. The reaction Caleb Williams had after the game, where he was like, like pretty hysterically crying, like with his family. I saw it caused a lot of debate. Like some people were on Twitter, primarily. Some people were like. This is the exact kind of heart you want your player to have. And then there were other like former players like this is the total opposite for me. This makes him undraftable. Where do you fall on that? I tend to think that the players that are like this makes him undraftable are more share the mindset with, for example, somebody like Brian Cushing, who thinks that anybody that drinks Starbucks is a sissy. And it's a little hey it's cool to be okay it's cool to be upset when you lose yeah i think it's a toxic masculinity kind of stuff like you can't show any weakness type of deal like keep in mind this how old is caleb williams 21 22 21 turns 22 in 11 days so he's still like a kid and he just 
going through a rough time right now. He put his heart and soul into this game, did everything he could and lost. I, I don't really like, would, do you not want your, like your quarterback to care? Like why would people have a problem with this? I got to try to find. I, I, I saw gotta, it. So I know that I know you're not like pulling this out of your ass. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not. I definitely didn't make this up. I just, I don't know who the player was. It was probably one of those like former offensive linemen who now work for Fox Sports. That would be my guess. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? I don't even know. Yeah, or like, who's the other one? He's yeah. he's not even allowed uh, on TV anymore. <sighs> he's, I don't not know, I can't remember his TV. name. He's allowed on TV, but no one likes him anymore. He became like super political. <sighs> what is his name? Where's a Whitlock? It's Whitlock. Jason Whitlock. Yeah. Jason Whitlock. Him. Yeah. Everyone hates him. I yeah. think it might have been it might have been him who who did all this. That doesn't shock me then. Yeah. But I was just curious how you felt about it. I no, I think it's I think it's kind of it's just ridiculous that people would have an issue with that. Uh, while we're here, because I don't think we talk about it later, are you still all in on Bears taking a quarterback? I assume it's going to happen, yeah. Okay, and which one do you want? If they have the first pick, I want Caleb Williams. Okay, he's falling down draft boards. So, yeah, I, you know what? I don't. I just don't want the Bears to be the team that passes on it passes on the guy that like is everyone's number one because they think they're smarter than everybody, and then they like take Drake May, who ends up being really like solid, and then Caleb Williams is awesome, and then I'm going to be. I just don't want to have to deal with, like, ha-ha the Bears. I get that. I'd rather take I'd... Caleb Williams and he'd be the worst quarterback I've ever seen than take than take someone else because I don't trust them. Then play it safe, basically. Yeah, I I don't even know if – I don't know what playing it safe is. Like, I feel Me like either. this is just like when somebody's supposed to go first for this long, all you have is time to poke holes in them. Mm-hmm. It happens every year. Yeah, they do it with you, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's usually like when there's when there's two guys that are supposed to go one and two for a while. One of them always gets knocked down. Like people didn't know when C.J. Stroud was going to go because they were saying mm-hmm. he was he had like a, a high floor but low ceiling. Yeah, that was the that's what everyone was saying about him. I think the Giants are going to take a quarterback. I sure hope so. It's hard to imagine it's not curtains on the Jones era. I think it is. I think Do it's you think it'll to say. next year on. Um, yes. It's got a, I think a 70 million dead cap hit. Otherwise the structure of the deal is that they can get out at after two years. And so I think they do a, not so much an Alex Smith Mahomes thing, but more of a, an Eli Daniel Jones kind of thing. I know it wasn't like exactly the same, but kind of. What about like an RG3 Lamar kind of thing? How much was it even RG3? No, it wasn't even RG3. It was, uh, what's his face? Flacco. Flacco. Yeah. I just like because of the injury. I guess that's fair. I, I just think it'll be a, they'll probably, if Daniel Jones comes back healthy, it'll be his job to start and then he'll, he'll lose it at some point. And if he gets hurt, like Tannehill and Levis. Is it, is it possible that he can be healthy on time to start? I think so. Okay. I didn't know that. By week one, it's, uh, they say ACLs are like six months, I think. I guess now, yeah, that makes sense. Then the last 
couple things I have in this Washington game. It wasn't a Michael Penix spectacular. It was all Dylan Johnson in this one. The, uh, the Washington running back ran for 256 and four touchdowns. He had never broken the 100-yard plateau before this. Washington has remaining games against Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. And I guess it seems like at this point, the only thing that can keep them out of the playoffs is a loss before the conference championship. Because if they go undefeated through the conference championship and drop a game, it's probably going to be like TCU last year where they get in anyway. And then USC fired Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, after this game, which was overdue. Been saying they need a massive overhaul on defense. Rue's got a fun fact. Yeah, you can just come closer and say it so we can hear it. Iowa's defense in the past two seasons let up 284 points. USC's defense in the past six games has let up 265. (laughs) (laughs) They should hire whoever Iowa's got. (laughs) They're going to be playing in the same conference next year. Somehow. Start poaching their talent. Yeah, it makes no sense. Or just start start pulling a Michigan and scouting in person, dressing in, in costumes to do it. Did you see the picture that came out of no. supposedly Connor Stallions on the Central Michigan sideline dressed in all CMU gear? And he had those sunglasses with like the little blue dot in the corner. It's <laughs> like recording stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm seeing this now. I haven't, I don't see the blue dot. It's in the uh, top right corner of his sunglasses. Top right for him. I mean, it looks exactly like him. Yeah. And then... But after, how would he be there? Well, that's the thing. Afterwards, Central Michigan was like, we're gonna we're investigating who this was on the sideline. And everyone they was don't like, know who he is? No, that, that, that was the thing. Everyone was like, if you don't know who it is, like... Someone <laughs> said something? I mean, even or I guess just everyone assumed that they knew, but like the fact that afterwards they weren't like, oh, yeah, we know exactly who that is. Like, yeah, who else could it be? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Wild. It, yeah. And, and unfolding every day. So it seems like a lot of experts are saying that the NCAA and the Big Ten aren't going to do anything about it. They say the Big Ten, no way they do anything because. Michigan might be their best chance in a national championship, so they're not going to shoot them in the foot until after, if at all. But very funny story. Yeah, that's wild. I'm glad you told me about that. I I hadn't seen this. Yeah, good. can't can't script that. No, you really can't. Um, and then I was gonna talk about the Georgia Missouri game a little bit, but we kind of did just mentioning that Georgia has 26 straight wins. Missouri's not bad. Our guy's still searching for a signature win, but, it, I mean, Georgia's... Drinkwitz just can't get over the hump. No, and this is the toughest hump to get over right now, so it's understandable. Yeah, maybe um, maybe another time. Yeah, next season. Yeah, it's just not their year. Uh, that's all I have on college football, really, unless you got anything else. No, I don't. Let's go into the NFL. Sweet. So uh, this week, we're going to do another kind of blended NFL thing because the meat of our episode is going to be power rankings. So we did a uh, disappointment and two surprises. So do you want to start uh, start us off with one of the surprises? Yeah. So our first surprise is the Houston Texans and their miraculous come from behind win over the Buccaneers. CJ Stroud with a absolute statement win. He 
had hit the rookie wall a little bit last couple of games. And then in this game, he absolutely busted through it, tore down the wall and dropped a nuke on it (laughs) and showed that not only is he the best rookie quarterback in this class, but he's maybe already a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I was going to ask, where do you, where do you have him in terms of trade value league wide and quarterback ranking? Trade value league wide. Trade you value might... league wide. You don't have to give me an exact spot, but you could give like like brackets if you want, or like some group. I guess it's a little hard to say because like inherently the quarterback position has more value than like any other position, right? So mm-hmm. like, I assume he would have more trade value than like Justin Jefferson, right? I don't know. I don't know either, but it's close. There's like a lot of rece- there's most. Almost any receiver you could have said there, and I would have said yes. I know, that's, but that's why I – so he's up there. All right, so to put it into, like, NBA terms, because that's easier for me to say, he's gotten into the now, like, the Luka tier of, like, what you'd have to give up to get him. Okay. And then so Luka's not Jokic, but you'd still have to give up a King's Ransom to get him. Pretty much an unheard of trade package. Yeah, I think so. And then that doesn't even really, like – factor or that's not what i'm how i should phrase it but that that there's more to consider because he's on his first half year of a rookie deal so in terms of like exactly positional advantage and value salary wise mm-hmm. like there's not many people that do compare like i would still take mahomes even with the 50 million dollar year contract but like mm-hmm. Not to keep coming back to this guy, but I would probably take Stroud over Dak with his forty million dollar a year contract. He's probably with like Herbert. Yeah, I. So, so I have Herbert as like consistent top four, bordering on top three sometimes, quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with you up on on Herbert. And I would just need to see a little more like, let's see you make it through your first NFL season to put him there, but. I would put but I'm saying of, in terms of with Herbert's contract already being what it is, factoring yeah, in all that in, encapsulates that. I'd probably go Herbert still, but it's close. But I would, I would, pro- I would go Stroud probably over like. I feel like it's, I feel like Trevor Lawrence. I'd probably go. I don't know. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy. I'd probably. Go I know. But so that's what I'm saying. Is he's right in that? He, he's probably first one out. Yeah, like there's there's a real argument maybe for him to go over like Hertz and Lamar. Yeah, that's tough because Lamar already won an MVP. Yeah, and is playing as better than he ever has now. And just one of the counting stats to show it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but he's just, yeah, he's so valuable and he's so good already. Yeah, and rookie record, like you said, 470 yards, five touchdowns. He had two game-winning drives, and he's not doing this with a good team. And he has one interception, 14 touchdowns, and quarterbacks that have one interception halfway through the year usually are not playing the way this guy is like he's especially if you're a rookie if you have one interception usually you're barely pushing the ball downfield but he is like they're utilizing play action a lot but it's deep play action and then for example on the comeback drive like it's all shotgun and he's throwing over the middle of the defenses and like split and like splitting gaps on the sidelines to hit tank dell to keep the clock stopped and it's just like not Is that kind 42 of... seconds? 42 seconds he had? Yeah, uh, like about that, yeah. Yeah, and like I was like, all right, he got the field goal. So he's, he did his job. And then 
forgetting about that the their kicker was hurt. But yeah. then you you finish you cap it off with like an a, a just not an amazing play, but like a great throw to, for the touchdown for the game winning touchdown is like incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, with he's never played with more than half his offensive line healthy. He's got his best weapons are Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, a rookie. Who who else? Who else am I missing? They didn't have their starting running back in this game. You mean my fantasy starting running back? Yes, that is who I mean. Yeah, Damian Pierce out. So it's it's just the shit this guy's doing is unprecedented, and he's he's on he's got four four more years of cheap, relatively team control. This is this is basically what the Chargers had with Herbert, but then they hired Brandon Staley to waste his entire rookie contract. Yeah, I think D'Amico Ryan's is off to a great start. I do too. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, turned around that whole culture and everything like that. Yeah, and the Texans are not dead for a playoff spot, which is crazy to think about. No, they're not. But I did cash in my uh, division uh, title. What did you cash it out at? I put like 15 on it and I cashed out for like nine. I don't think they're going to win the division anymore. It, I just, the Jags went on like a pretty solid win streak. And so I, it, it would just be a lot to overcome. So I was just taking my money back. Jags are really good, but, but I guess the, the focus of today's celebration is Houston. Yeah. 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 The, that, that was a very surprising win. And like the Bucks defense has been pretty stout all year. So then to put up those numbers, it was very impressive all around. There can't be many fan bases that are happier right now than the Texans or like they can go. If you're a Texans fan, you can go to bed every single night knowing and just be like, CJ Stroud is my quarterback. (sighs) Sleep like a baby. If I was a Panthers fan, I'd be fuming. Yeah. I mean, especially because when they traded up, the whole narrative was they did it. They're not 100% sure who they're going to take, but the leading, the, the clubhouse leader right now is C.J. Stroud. Crazy. Yeah. See, this is what I don't want to happen with Caleb Williams. I know. And if, I understand and, it. Yeah. In my whole, like, football viewing life, I haven't ever, I've never experienced the feeling of drafting the guy. At quarterback like I like when they drafted Eli like I was like I was so young just like I was just so new to being a football fan like I don't even I don't even remember Eli the Eli draft you were like seven. I, yeah I was seven and like that was probably right when I started to even like comprehend football and like I didn't want Daniel Jones so it just like I haven't had that feeling and it's, I want to. <laughs> you haven't had like, let's go get this guy. Cool. We got him. It hasn't been like, all right, this guy is a bona fide stud. Like we want this guy. He's the guy. We haven't had that. Fans like holding he- up signs at training camp. Welcome this guy. Yeah. Like I want that. I want the giants to be horrible and I want to experience that. I, you're, you got your wish that the Giants are horrible. No, I, I know. I, but I want them to be horrible and get like a top three draft pick. Yeah, that doesn't. The wishing doesn't end there. Is what you're saying? 
Yeah. As a Giants fan, I need these guys to stink. Yes. <laughs> End of plan. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a con- there's contingencies. Um. All right. So then our second surprise that we pick for this episode is Josh Dobbs, the astronaut, and the Minnesota Vikings coming from behind to take down um, the Atlanta Falcons, your favorite team. Your favorite. I really coach. like the team. Can't stand the coach. Shaved mustache. I, I saw. Now that he shaved it, he looks worse. I dude, I was t- I told you. You were right. You were right. You were right. <laughs> I know. I give you. I am giving you credit right now. You were right. It he doesn't better with the mustache, but it it did. Yeah, he looked better. I saw. I think I might have even sent it to you. Is like. Play Bijan or shave. Yeah, play play your top ten draft picks or shave your mustache. And it was the picture of, of him without his mustache. Um, but this so this is this is a bad loss for the for the Falcons because they were actually like functioning beyond what it seemed like before. But now this is kind of like a wheels have fallen off kind of kind of loss. Like chick derail from here. And then on the other side, what Josh Dobbs did. Like, I've never seen that before. He was, I, I'm sure you saw the clip of him, like, working on the cadence on the sideline. He'd, he'd never taken a snap from that guy. Yeah, they had no idea what he would say to, like, signal no. on his ball. They, I heard this. I don't, I don't know if you heard this, but he would get the plays in his headset. He'd relay them to his team. They would explain to him what's going to happen. And then up until the uh up until like the ball is snapped or up until they get to the line of scrimmage i can't remember their head coach's name right now but he would be in his o'connell would be in his ear like telling him like what's about to happen so he could like understand it like before every play i can't even imagine that because that's not just like okay i got it now i'm gonna see that happen you have to like you have to process what he's saying well like checking what the defense is doing and like you're adjusting your protections and then remember what you were just told. Yeah. I saw uh, a breakdown. It was like Josh Dobbs, not trusting what he's seeing. It was actually on like his sick, like 25 yard uh, rushing touchdown. He had like two guys wide open, but like he, he, I guess like processing what's going through his head, what his players are doing and what he's seeing the defense. Like he just tucked it and ran it because like he literally just couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, if you don't know what to expect, then you could see a guy wide open and like you just exactly. in your mind, it's like not he's like not there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also the what was it? Was it the first play? It was first safety? Uh, his first play, I think so. Yeah. yeah, insane. It was amazing for Dobbs, and it was a great win for the Vikings, who are uh, once again like a, a team that's very easy to root for. They're the seventh seed in the NFC right now. Yeah. So, like, amazing for them, but also really good for the Falcons because I think this was a a big we-are-going-to-fire-Arthur-Smith game. Because how on earth do you justify every fucking game running an end-around to Jonu Smith in the red zone on, like, or the just, two? Or hammering Algier. It's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. If I was a GM, I'd be so pissed off. It's like, why am I drafting you all these amazing players if you're not going to use them? 
especially because he is for sure heavily involved in the draft process. It's yeah. Yes. It's also though, this isn't like Quentin Johnston, not getting the ball for the chargers. It's not like that because every time Bijan gets the ball, he's producing. I think he's averaging five yards per carry. I saw that he Bijan was mic'd up for the game Sunday. Oh, wow. I haven't I didn't wa- see that. I haven't, I haven't watched the whole thing, but so far the first couple of minutes are just him like talking to people on the sidelines. Well, yeah, because he doesn't fucking he play. play. He got yeah. less touches than Algier. Oh yeah, because he fumbled and he put himself in the dog hizzle. He was already in the dog hizzle. <laughs> it's not a place you ever want to be. No, or Smith's dog hizzle. Definitely not. It's where his mustache is now. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this. Is, you're right. This this is the kind of loss that we've seen derail coaches. Like it didn't happen in the same year, but Baker came in on no notice more than this, but basically no notice last year and beat McDaniel's and the Raiders, and then ipso facto, Josh McDaniel's now unemployed. Remember, I told you either last week or a couple weeks ago that. Like Arthur Smith is just totally condescending to like every person who ever asks him a question and like acts like he's better than everybody. Yeah. Um, well, Kurt Warner tweeted like some analysis on the Falcons and, you know, that he didn't like what he was seeing from the quarterback and yada, 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 and their play calling, et cetera. And Arthur Smith came out, he was asked about it, and he said, I'm sure he gets paid a lot of money. I could give a rat's whatever, unless you're in the building with our guys, know what's asked of them and what's really going on. He said, maybe a mistake happened. I think sometimes people get a microphone and the further they are away from the game, they think they know everything. Maybe he can solve some of the world's problems too. It's just like, this isn't Joe Schmo fantasy owner that you're as upset about you not playing Bijan. This is a hall of fame quarterback who accomplished more than you have ever accomplished and is like giving analysis. It's his job to do so. Why are you such a dick about it? It's didn't you say he said like some climate change answer last week too? Yeah, but that was about a reporter. This is about Kurt Warner. It sounds like he's just a little panicky Arthur Smith now, but it's just like, dude, you are a football coach. That is your profession. Why are you so offended by football questions? It is your job to answer them. I I don't I don't get it because like I I I understand earlier when they're like actually winning but not how people want them to. Yes. But now they're losing because they're not playing any of their good players and he still won't answer the questions and it's stupid. Exactly. Like I can understand being frustrated that people are asking you all these questions while you are winning games and you're doing really well. Like that's fair because you're getting results and you're doing it your way. But when you stop getting results, you have to answer for yourself. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks, dude. I hate him. I hope he's gone. It's like why Yankees fans hate the current administration now because they – don't they're not held accountable for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, do you want to go to the disappointment? Yeah. Uh, so our disappointment of the week is the Seahawks of Seattle after they got absolutely massacred. I heard a, someone describe it as disemboweled by the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> 
that's good. I guess we now we know who the the most dominant bird of flight in the NFL is. Well, it's certainly not. Actually, well, actually I, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it's not the Cardinals. <laughs> then I remember the Eagles. Anyway, one of one of the most. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean this this game kind of set me back on my Gino opinions a little bit because I thought I've for a while have thought Gino is good, but I'm leaning a little more towards okay now. I think Gino is okay. I I think Gino is yeah, okay. Okay feels harsh, but I was gonna say solid. And he does some things really well. Like he he doesn't take a lot of sacks. I know he's like one of the best in the NFL at avoiding sacks and like that's like a skill because statistically when a team takes a sack, it's like, what's the orders of magnitude more likely to uh, punt the ball on that drive? Like it's a drive killer. Yeah. Every, like almost every time if a team takes a sack, it's a drive killer and avoiding that is a skill and it's a valuable skill, but he's got, he's not doing it felt like last year he was doing all the easy things really, really well, like making the right reads and like making the simple and easy throw. It feels like now he's making mistakes that like I see Sam Howell make, you know, where it's just like, you can't do that. You know, you've like, and for him, Gino, he's been in the NFL for far too long to be making rookie type mistakes. It's almost like now he isn't, playing to be the guy there so it's like a little less i gotta be perfect. he got too comfortable almost yeah yeah so i i still think he's like i've heard some seahawks fans are calling for drew lock to get put in i don't think that should be the case that's not the answer no i i also don't think like they need to draft a quarterback i i just I think he's not as good as we may have thought. I agree. Or some I, may have thought. I still like that team. Like I love, I love JSN. I like DK. I like Lockett. Um, I like both their running backs. I like a lot of their pieces on defense. Their cornerbacks are legit. Um, their defensive line gets solid pressure. And I think that they're still a good team. And like, we'll come back to them a little bit in the power rankings. And part of it is just Baltimore is this good, and they have, now they do this to teams. But still, coming off like rock, a couple rocky showings over the last couple of weeks, this was an, a real opportunity for the Seahawks to measure themselves against one of the best teams in the league, and they didn't even look like they belonged on the same field. Yeah, it was definitely, at the very least, a disappointing performance, which is why they are our disappointment of the week. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. I don't have much more on them. No, I'm ready to move on to our meat. Cool. All right, so for the meat of today's program, Tom and I are going to do our NFL power rankings. We picked 10 teams. We're going to talk about them one by one. Um, I guess I can go first if that's cool. I, yeah, go for it. I'd be surprised if we have a different one, but first in my power rankings, I have the New England Patriots. <laughs> i have uh i have philly yeah i got the eagles one i still think honestly like they're not i don't even i feel like they're still not playing to their full potential 
You are frozen on my screen. Okay, oh. you're back. No, you're good. You're good. You were frozen, like very smiley for a second there. Um, I, I made so. myself laugh. Patriots joke. No, that was a good joke. Um, but I still feel like the Eagles have another gear that they can hit. But they've, but they've been the best team in football all year. They've they've got very lucky this week with they very narrowly missed a serious Jalen Hurts injury. I, I agree that they haven't hit their top gear which I think is why it makes them so scary. The fact that they have been top to bottom, the most complete team in the league. They're seventh in EPA per drop back for passing offense, uh, fourth in EPA per rush. And then on the other side of the ball, they're just as good ninth in EPA per rush allowed. Their pass defense struggles a little bit. They're 21st, but um, that's a product. Yeah, you can, you can throw on them. Yeah. Uh, they have, they entered the season with, with, uh, subpar depth at key positions like safety and cornerback. They're a little thin too. Their pass rush is still lethal. And guys like Jalen, uh, Jalen Carter are coming into their own still. He's on pace, I think, to finish with eight sacks, which would put him with just Donald and I want to say Sap this uh, over the last like 30 years for D tackle. No, Sue for D tackles with eight, eight sacks as a rookie. But, I mean, they have apparently a good coach, even though I thought he was a good clown in his, um, his like, introductory press conference. And the, the other crazy thing is Sirianni, this is his third season ever as a head coach. Hertz was a second-round pick in 2020. He's 25. Like, they're not supposed to, like, pull out these close, hard-fought wins as routinely as they do at this point. Honestly, like, them having – Jason Kelsey pretty much gets them an extra play every single drive, at least an extra play. Yeah. Their best play the, succeeds at like a 95% clip. And it's something that as much as other teams try it, they just can't do it. And the secret ingredient is Jason Kelsey. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to imagine he'll be there. I mean, even next year, he thought about walking away this season. So we'll see how this one goes. But for the meantime, this could be as good as this offense functions. So it's a joy to watch now, even not as numbers. He's just still so good. So it's like, I know he's old, but like he's just still so good. Like he doesn't have to retire. But uh, I get it playing interior offensive line, though. Like you take. Oh, yeah, take- yeah, yeah. And he's going to have a very successful media career after the fact. But it's just most people retire because they don't have it anymore. And he's still at the height of his powers, it seems. Yeah. Um, So they're they're definitely they're definitely the the best team in the league as far as I'm concerned right now. Yeah, they deserve to be number one. Who do you have second? I have the Chiefs, too. Okay, so we differ here. You have the Ravens, too? Yeah, Baltimore. So. I think there's an argument to be made either way, but the difference for me is Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs defense, while maybe not quite as good as Baltimore's, is really, really good. They're probably a top five maybe unit on the year. They're like stout. And you pair that with the best quarterback in football and the best tight end in football. And I know their receivers are shaky at best, but I I like Pacheco. They're not good on third and short, which is weird. 
and they're not good in the second half, but they're going into their bye. So I feel like if there was ever a time for the Chiefs to figure it out and for Andy Reid to figure it out, it would be right now. And I know that power rankings are not really figure it out time, but they've only lost two games all year. One was the first game of the season, and it's, you know, against a good Lions team, but it's the first game of the year, and Travis Kelsey wasn't playing. And their other loss was against a, was a fluky one against the Broncos where Mahomes had the flu. So I'm not saying they should be undefeated, but they very easily could be. And so I, I can't really knock them. I have them third, so I, it's not a huge difference. Yeah, this I have is the Ravens the- third. This is the first time that they've had a top, sorry, an above average defense in Mahomes' entire career, which is terrifying. Um, I I would agree they're a top five defense. Passing-wise, they're third with uh, negative .14 EPA per dropback for opposing teams. And the Chiefs kind of suffer from like the Nas disease a little bit, where at least on offense – because they're just being compared to themselves when in reality they're still a top five offense by like all metrics this season. And it just doesn't seem the same because of how good they've been at their peak. So it's really hard for me to not put them. Like I can't argue with them being second. Like I said, I have them third. So kind of right there. They're still, they're still my pick to probably win the Super Bowl. with Mahomes. I have no good reason to pick against them. Like, I'm going to be picking them come the playoffs because that's my rule is don't pick against Mahomes. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand like the Ravens are awesome. I have them three. They've been dominant and it's not just dominant, like the dolphins beating up on bad teams. It's they've been dominant against solid to good teams and they're doing it. Like Lamar hasn't even been doing much the last couple of games. Their defense has just been that good and their run game has been that good. So it's they're a very complete team. It seems like they've got it figured out on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Harbaugh's a great coach. They're good all around. So it's it's hard to again to knock them. So I, it's not that, but then they are to me. They're behind the Chiefs, but not by a lot. Yeah, I mean for me, it's the the one of the big deciding factors, like you said, is that Ravens defense. Like we started the season heaping praise on the Browns for their unit. And it's still been really good, but the Ravens are allowing a touchdown this season on 8.9% of their drives, which is second all time behind the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. Who's considered like one of the best defenses ever. They just made a 30 for 30 on all those guys, the bullies of Baltimore and the play calling. We've never seen the offense, this dynamic since Munkin came in, they're really experimenting with the new weapons they added all around Lamar. The run game is flourishing. Gus had, I think, three touchdowns last last game. And like you said, Lamar isn't even needing doesn't need to do the heavy lifting, and his counting numbers aren't going to reflect the uh, somebody who's having one of the best seasons in the NFL this year, but he certainly is. And they look as dangerous as I can remember them looking really since like the early to mid-2000s. They're a real contender. It's good. It's cool to see that division is insane. Speaking of that division, four I have the Bengals of the AFC North. Yeah, I have, I have Cincinnati five. No, I actually okay. have them six. I lied to oh, you. Oh, don't lie to me. Yeah, I've got them four. They uh, 
they started off super slow, obviously, as we have, as we know, and as we discussed many times over. Again, this comes down to they've got the quarterback, and for me, that does a lot. And they seem to be firing on all cylinders right now. I, th- I think they're rounding into the the Bengals that we know and love. And the craziest part is, is that they're last in their division. That is crazy. Five and three. They are five and three and they're last in their division. Yeah. I, I have them six just because I don't really know. I guess just because I wasn't ready to put them over the two teams. I have at four and five, which in this case are Detroit and Jacksonville, but they certainly look like they've rounded back into their championship contending form. Their defense has been insane over the last couple of weeks. And like we've talked about before on this show that the bro calf injury magically healing is like one quietly, one of the like crazier season changing things that has happened in sports. injury mm-hmm. Could it, this is the one out of 100 result. Yeah but they're going to be tough to beat. Like Lou Anarumo has that defense just killing people again. Well, fuck. <laughs> Not quite. No, that was T Higgins anyway. Um, but uh, that, that, that defense is ferocious. Like nobody, nobody likes to play those guys. The connection between Burrow and Chase has been special since the moment they came in that Chase came into the league. Burrow's, unquestionably went healthy, which he is now a top four quarterback. So to see them firing on all cylinders and getting this thing back on track after a one and three start has been super impressive. I, I pretty much wrote the season off. They were close. They were right there. Uh, And then I have Detroit four, just because I feel like, uh, I feel like on their day, there's not many better teams. They play really like really way better defense, especially considering they were like in the thirties for most defensive categories last year, the offense is humming still. They're the 11th, excuse me, 11th ranked passing attack by EPA per drop back. And last year, I think they were the the best, they had the best passing offense in the league. Um, And it doesn't so much mean that they're it's tailing off as it is reflective of a different, a shift in offensive philosophy, like they brought in Montgomery, drafted Gibbs so that they could run the ball more. They're eighth in EPA per rush and their passing defense. They're seventh in EPA per dropback allowed. So they're really stout there. The pass rush is good with guys like Aiden Hutchinson uh, growing in his second year. And I think just they're, they're not a team that anybody likes playing. Like Goff has developed into a reliable quarterback. Ben Johnson is one of the best offensive play callers in the league. And that team really seems to like the underdog mentality and the play together. They play very complimentary football, the Lions, with that run game and with that defense and with Goff able to be his level of competence to above average quarterback. It's it's a very well-rounded football team. For me, my power rankings were also reflective of not just where they currently stand, but also where how much I believe in them as I guess like their championship, not stock, but capability. And so for me, the lions aren't four. They're 
there are there are seven for me in terms of teams that I believe in getting like and getting to a championship and winning a championship. They're just in terms of how they're, they're played this year and my belief in them in a playoff setting. They just aren't at that level just yet, but. I think they're a great team and I think they're going to have a great finish this season. I just, I'm not ready to, they're not a real contender in my eyes just yet. And they haven't, this, this group hasn't even made the playoffs. So it's hard for me to argue with that. Um, Yeah. I just, and they're six and two and candidly, I'm not counting their loss to their, their blowout loss to Baltimore, maybe as much as I should, but it's, I mean, you know how high I am on the Ravens. So I think it's just more comes across that way that, I'm not willing to write off teams based on how they perform against them. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and five, you said you had the Jags. Yeah, I have Jacksonville. They're six and two. Also, they are fourth in EPA per dropback allowed, so one of the best passing defenses in the league. I think Trevor Lawrence is a top. Uh, he constantly flirts with being like a top six or seven quarterback. I think on any given day, he could be as high as top five. And I think that Doug Peterson's a really good coach, and we've seen the blueprint for them winning with a good quarterback and a great defense on a, on a team coached by him. And their running game's coming alive, too. Uh, what's his face? Etienne has been one of the best backs in the league this season. I think the issue with Lawrence is that in terms of, like, contributions to winning and, like, playing football really well, he is for sure top, what would you say, six? But yeah. his his stats, his counting stats, don't reflect that. So the narrative surrounding him doesn't like accurately portray how good he is and like how important he is to their success. But 100%. so I, I guess, so, but for me, I, I have them six, so I'm, I'm not too far off on them. I still think, I don't know whether it's just, Getting those counting stats up, I don't know if... I feel like he has another level he can get to. And it could be just becoming more effective in the red zone and throwing for more touchdowns. It, like, it could just be that, and that's what is missing. Because the eye test right now isn't meeting his stats. I 100% so, agree with that. Yeah, so for me, like that has nothing to do with their ranking and the power ranking. I just... I just wanted to give my spiel on that. Uh-huh, fair enough. But yeah, I have them five, so I'm I'm pretty high on them. So my team that I have, sorry, I have them six. I have five. I still have the 49ers. I know they're they hit the skids a little bit lately. They're coming off their bye now, and I I'm a firm believer in teams coming out hot after the bye and making major adjustments and that's when you see more rookies start contributing and you see certain weaknesses be ironed out a little bit. And, and I think Brock Purdy's struggles have been greatly exaggerated and people are preying on his demise, which I just don't think is there. I, I still think he is a good quarterback and an elite system with elite weapons. And I'm sure they're going to be a little bit more healthy than they were going into it. How could they not be? And I just think they're going to come out in the second half of their season strong and be the team that we thought was going to run away with the Super Bowl earlier in the year. Maybe they won't reach those heights, but I just I still have a hard time. And with the addition of Chase Young, I have a hard time dropping them out of the top five, given 
how good they are and how much talent they have. I agree that they're like they're they're still very much a threat to win the Super Bowl, especially coming out of the NFC. The reason that I'm I've dropped them down, so they're seven for me. The reason that I've dropped them down so low is because their rushing defense has kind of gotten exposed a little bit over the last couple of games. They're averaging 0.02 EP, sorry, negative 0.02 uh, EPA per rush, which is 26th in the league. Their pass defense is still great, and their offense, by all accounts, is still functioning at a very high level. And like you said, when they come back from a lot of, from the bye with a lot of the guys that have been dealing with injuries, hopefully at 100%, uh, their offense will continue to click at the levels it was earlier this season. They added a strength to their strengths by adding Chase Young with the pass rush. But one of their, their biggest free agent signing was Javon Hargrave right in the middle of that defense. And they're not they're not a, a dominant unit against the run. And I think that is kind of what's contributed a little bit to their their three-game skid. And I think it could come back to bite them in the ass in January. But, I mean, I still have them in the top seven and coming off a three-game losing streak. I don't know that there's many teams that I would still have that high. So I, I just have a question, I guess. If if you're dropping them so much because their run defense struggles, why are you not knocking the Eagles for their pass defense struggling so much? Uh, because it hasn't, it hasn't contributed to losses. That's fair. I'm, I just... I figured that's what you were going to say. I just, I don't know. It feels like if a a couple things, like they they lost one of the games because their kicker missed two field goals. Like There's there's fine margins between seven and four in these power rankings. Yeah, so that's all. That's all I'm saying. Is like, it feels like people, not, not necessarily you, but, People are really quick to write off the Niners. So I'm kind of holding, I feel like I'm holding my ground here, standing my ground because like someone needs to hold the line for this team. I don't feel like I'm like writing them off though. I mean, they, not you, not you. I said, I said, not you. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I think I, I get what you're saying. I think a lot of it is just people that expect that we're wrong about like their direction over a year ago, feeling vindicated now, which is not reality. Yeah, it's a confirmation bias. 100%. Um, and then six, like I said, I have the Jaguars. We, we already talked about them. Uh, who did you Who did you have six? I had Cincy, so we, all, we also covered them. Yeah, and then seven, I had the Lions, who I've... Yeah, so you're right. Four through seven is, is very fine margins. Yeah, um, and then for eight, uh, I have I have Dallas... They're five and three, losing ground in the division. But I actually think uh, this past Sunday's game against the Eagles, even though they lost, was a good excuse me, a good performance for them. A one-score loss to the best team in the league is never really cause for a ton of concern. Their defense is still elite, ninth in both passing defense and rushing defense by EPA per dropback and rush attempt. And even their passing offense is humming fourth in EPA per dropback. And Dak actually had a really good game against Philly, which is, I mean, I know we said their their pass offense, is, pass defense on Philly's side isn't great, but the Dallas passing offense tends to not show up in games like this, and that wasn't the case Sunday. This loss actually solidified their position 
for me. So like like you said, it was a good loss. There's almost nothing they can do to go that much higher than they are in my power rankings. I still I still think they'll find a way to blow it. Where That's, do you have Dallas? I have them eight as well. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, we're right in lockstep on that. I still don't think they're a real contender, I would say. I think they're still more pretender than contender. I tend to agree with that just because I think there's there's better rosters out there in the NFC. Yeah. I I I guess I their talent doesn't match the hype around them. That's always going to be the case with the Cowboys no matter how good they are though. That's true. I I agree because they're they have a lot of areas they need to improve on. I mean, they're not a great team running the ball, which I mean, which they is have insane. the talent. Yeah, they have all the talent to be. And as a Tony Pollard fantasy draft or I am quite upset about that. Me too. They are 15th in rushing offense. Yeah. Pollard just hasn't looked like the same guy. 100%. And then nine. Who do you got nine? Okay, nine. I have the Miami Dolphins. So do I. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of Michigan-esque because the narrative around them is that they haven't played a, or they haven't beaten a good team yet. And it's not wrong. They really haven't. No. And I, I'm pretty sure that was the narrative for a little bit last year. But their passing offense, it's hard to it's impossible to deny the productivity and by the advanced metrics. It's still by all accounts a top two passing offense in the league. Rushing offense, they're still miles ahead of everybody else in EPA per rush attempt. Their defense is subpar, especially their run defense. They can get gouged on the ground. So I'm not hundred percent sure where their ceiling is, but there's not a lot of good teams in the NFL. I could be miss stating this fact a little bit, so I apologize if I'm a little bit off, but I think it's close to right that the Dolphins haven't beaten a team that's above 500 since I think week three of last year. I'm going to try to find this. I I could, I think it's, I think that might be right. September 25th, 2022. Against who? They beat uh they beat the Bills 21 to 19 in week 3. Since then they've played six teams over 500 including a playoff game and they've lost every game. That was the game where the Bills had like 80% possession and the Dolphins mm-hmm. too had a crazy game and everyone was like this is not possible. Yeah. So I mean they haven't beaten anybody. They're six and three. They're six and zero oh against teams with losing records. They're zero oh and three against teams with winning records this season. Bad teams don't destroy other bad teams that often, but good teams beat other good teams sometimes. Bad teams don't drop seventy. Also, but yeah, I know they've been on that for a little bit, but like, no, I, I get they have an elite offense, no question. And they're not a, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just saying they're not a good, good team. They need to prove that they're better than the bottom of the top 10, though. Mm-hmm. And they haven't um, done so yet. No. Who, who do you close this out with, this exercise? I have the Browns 10, similar to why I have 
the Dolphins nine. The Dolphins have an elite offense and a subpar defense. The Browns have an elite defense and a subpar offense. I think their their offense actually looked pretty decent with Deshaun coming back this week. Nothing like insane. They were going up against the Cardinals, so it's nothing to write home about. But uh, I think that Browns defense is legit. I think all they need out of Deshaun is for him to just be solid. They don't need much. They need to play complimentary football, run the ball. Jerome Ford looks good. He's healthy again. He had the quickest high ankle sprain recovery of all time. Um, And I just think if he can be a game manager, like a solid game manager, the Browns are, are good. And they, so I know you differed on who you had 10 but I went and thought, what team would you not want to play in the playoffs? And it's the Browns over yeah, the other teams that are available. Like you said, their defense is a is is insane. They're by a country mile the best defense in EPA in terms of EPA per drop back, uh, with negative point three one EPA per drop back. They're the like one of the top, one of the best rushing defense is top four in the league too. Their their actual offense, like you said, it needs to take a step forward because Deshaun hasn't has been bad. But certainly the talent is there. Miles Garrett is the the biggest game wrecker in the NFL today. They're super well coached by Jim Schwartz and it's not it's not a team you want to play in the playoffs, a defense that good. Yeah, exactly. Denver wrote it to a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning throwing ducks all season. Peyton literally couldn't throw. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> Won a bowl, though. Sheriff rides away. Mm-hmm. Um, the last team I have here is Seattle. Similar to Detroit, I'm just not going to hold that Ravens loss against them too much. They have a really good rushing attack, sixth in EPA per rushing attempt. Their defense needs work, but the, a lot of the pieces are there. Woolen's a superstar. Witherspoon's a stud. Jamal Adams is terrible but that's for another day. Um, I like the idea to beef up their defense with Lenny Williams, even though I think giving up a second for a team that is not guaranteed to win their own division is a little aggressive. But when you're, when you're tied uh, record-wise with the 49ers at this point in the season, I think you owe it to yourself to be aggressive, especially with a quarterback making $30-plus million a season. Like we said, Geno is not like is not somebody that will raise a, a, a subpar – team to the playoffs or championship condition, but with a good roster around him and good coaching, which certainly exists here, they're going to, they're going to make the playoffs and they could win, win a game or two. So I guess my question is why do you rate them over the Browns? Um, I think just the offense, like the Browns, I, I've just seen so much bad, quarterback play from Cleveland that like that can only take you so far. It's only taken the bears so far countless times. We see the jets like with a championship caliber defense and no quarterback. And in a division like that, it's going to get hard to win games late. If you're not getting that production, like you can't count on, I mean, you're, you're just going to, they played Minshew. They've played Clayton tune. And I agree that their defense is really good, but when you're playing, when you're playing Lamar and Joe Burrow, like going forward, and you're playing, I guess they finished 
I guess they finished last in the division last year, so they're not going to be playing that many other good AFC teams outside of their division. But I don't know. I just think you need to see more out of the offense. It, there's not there's not ten good teams in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's fair. I think we I think we grade on a different scale sometimes with our good great grand definitions, but I think it's fair. Yeah, that's unless you have anything else to add there. That's that's the power rankings. Yeah, I mean we're pretty all right. Just quickly, like, are the Browns top twelve for you? Yes, I I was I was between them and Seattle for the last spot. Okay, so I mean we're not our biggest. No, we really weren't that far off. Because even I had it was Buffalo though. Buffalo's not a top ten team. I agree with that. Josh Allen's great. You He's, know what's nuts though? What? The Bills are second in point differential. Plus uh, yeah, 80. I saw you sent I saw you sent that stat. Yeah, I know. I just they're just I don't know. They're not a they're not, they're not a complete team in any stretch of the imagination. No, they're a very incomplete team with one complete player. When your quarterback's that good, it can raise the level around them for sure, but is what it is. I just think those those injuries to their defense crushed them. I think they could have been if if healthy they're a top 10 team, but they're just not healthy and they're not going to be. Yeah, not this year. Yeah. So, you ready to go on to awards? I am ready to go on to awards. All right. You want to go first? I kicked off the power rankings. Okay, so I'll go first. All right, right. so I'm giving out my first award is the Be Careful What You Wish For Award. Is this going to Giants fans? Yeah, it's going to Giants fans and me. It's actually me. (laughs) Because I said that. And now you have to watch this putrid excuse for a team? Yeah, because I said... I've said honestly for a few weeks now that I was ready to embrace the tank and I've gotten even stronger with my stance in saying that I hope they don't score a point for the rest of the season. And I've been saying that. And now that points are so hard to come by. It's, (laughs) it is hard to watch, man. It is brutal out here. Oh, I've been there. It seems like such a good idea until you realize that you got to watch 10 more games of this. Yeah, it's tough. And there's no hope. And I don't want hope. That's the thing is I don't want hope. But I'd like, like you can't even enjoy Saquon right now because the the offense is so inept. It's bittersweet also because I've been pretty ride or die with Daniel Jones I've believed in him a lot, and I still do believe he's talented. And if put behind, like I think his career plays out very differently if he's drafted somewhere else. So it sucks that I'm not saying it's it's the end of the Daniel Jones era as we know it. I think they're going to draft a quarterback really early, and I'm pretty excited for that to happen. The product is stale, but God, it's just they're so they're so awful. They're so bad. <laughs> There's a good way to tank, and this is like the good way to tank is like what the Bears were doing last year, where Fields was rushing for a thousand yards a game, and they would still lose. Yeah, we don't we don't have any of that. I guess we got like Kayvon looks great. Like we have some pieces. That's the thing is like we have some pieces. We've got like three three like elite pieces. 
that I, I think I can say. We've got Andrew Thomas, Kayvon, I think, is getting there, and Dexter Lawrence. But, like, the good teams have, like, 12 elite pieces and, like, a lot of good pieces. We've got three and, like, no good pieces. So, I mean, like, a couple, but they're all young. It's going to be a long season. It is. It is. I just, I hope they're not, I hope this isn't one of those, like, they sneak out a bullshit win late in the season and get, like, the fifth pick and then end up getting the fucking, what's-his-face, J.J. McCarthy. Oh. For Bo Nix. Like, I don't want that. I want I want Drake May, I want Caleb Williams, and at the very least, I want Phoenix. You want to do it right, yeah. Yeah, I want a real quarterback. I want a real top prospect quarterback. I want a guy that I can believe in to be my franchise guy for the next 15 years. Not a guy that everything around them needs to be perfect. And I don't, I don't want a guy you can win with. I want a guy who's going to win you games. You just had the guy you can win with, and it's no fun. It's not. It's not fun. So that's my first award. For my first award is actually uh, pretty pretty closely related. Um, it's the best QB in New York award. Uh, is it Josh Allen? No. The best QB in New York award. Certainly not Zach Wilson. It's not Zach Wilson. Is it so, Eli Manning? It's not Eli Manning. Okay, just tell me what it is. So this you you could throw the red challenge flag here because I came up with this award today, but since then this player has been signed to a new team. Oh, Wentz he's going Wentz off the Giants yeah, practice. Now squad. he's on the Rams. Yeah. So yeah. ill time ill timed uh player personnel move, but the best quarterback in New York award with all the injuries and all the Zach Wilson is Carson Wentz. All the Zach Wilson. <laughs> all the Zach Wilson truthers. I was honestly like, I usually don't prey on the Jets downfall like actively, but they've been really delusional lately. Jets fans like really pushing the Zach Wilson narrative. It's pushing it on to people who don't want it. I don't want that. I don't want to believe in Zach Wilson. I don't, I won't do it. And no matter how many BS YouTube videos you send me, I'm not going to, I don't care. You can skew whatever you can skew stats to make them say whatever you want them to say. Like if you pick, if you find the right ones, like that's that it is what it is. So I, I'm happy they got stomped in last night. I am. And their defense is so good. Justin Herbert threw for like 140 yards, and they still got blown out. It's it's reaching the national NFL correspondence, too, because I saw a couple guys tweet out, like, there were Zach Wilson is getting better takes last week, dot, dot, dot. Like, national NFL reporters. Yeah. Like, again, he has gotten better, but he's not good. That doesn't make him good. Just because you're better than, like, horrific – doesn't mean you're good now. That's not how that this works. Opposite. This is the opposite of the Nas thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you just, yeah, exactly, exactly. I can't even, I can't even, it's like, uh, who was it? Like Lil Pump. Like Lil Pump had like one really good song, but like that doesn't make Lil Pump like a good rapper. No, yeah. Ridiculous. But yeah, Carson Wentz was the best quarterback in New York. Was, yeah. Now it might be Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley, the last time he started a game, I think, was for the Bears. Yeah, it was 2021, I think I saw. Oh, then it wasn't the Bears. 
Oh, I mean, I could be wrong. You could be right, but no, you're, right. you're uh, probably right. I mean, I guess. All right. Um, on to my second award. This is the little Einstein's award. Um, so I never watched the show little Einstein's, but I'm going to know go the with theme song that, yeah, I was going to go with something that was transformed into just an insanely cool, like, no, 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 not that, not that, not that. It has to do with rocket ships and geniuses. Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs, literal rocket scientist. And he deserved an award this week. We talked about it a lot, and so I don't need to go too far into it, but I love Josh Dobbs. I love everything about this story. I think I heard he's on his fifth team in the last year, which is nuts. Fifth team in the last, yeah, the last 12 months, I think. Yeah, that's insane, dude. Actually, fifth team since what? Sixth situation because he was on Cleveland twice. Cleveland, then Detroit, then Tennessee, then Cleveland, then Arizona, Minnesota. And he's actually like, he might not be the guy, but I, but he's a guy, dude. He started like a win and in playoff game last year for the Titans, and then he started. And almost won a couple games for the tanking Cardinals this year. And then this stuff, like he might be the guy for everybody. He might just never I have stick no... with one franchise. Everybody's he, temporary guy. He could just be like Ted, the new Teddy Bridgewater. Like the perfect gonna bridge make a quarterback. Fortune. Yeah, he's going to make a fortune on backup quarterback salaries. Yeah, like uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, who else is there? Gardner now Minshew. Minshew now. Yeah. Like Fitz Magic. Like yeah. backup quarterbacks who are like far and away like the best backup quarterbacks, but just like aren't the guy. Jameis Winston, apparently. Apparently. Sadly. Um, my my second award is the Kevin Durant Award. The Kevin Durant Award. Is does this have to do with his I have a couple of thoughts. One was from something I saw today. It was about how Kevin Durant may have never been the best player in the league at any given time. It's not that, but... Was it, is I, it about him? I've expressed, my, I've expressed my thinking about that with Kobe, too, in the past. Is it about him forcing his way out of situations? Mm-mm. Is it going to Wembenyama? No, it's not. It's not going to a basketball player. Okay, just tell me. Kevin Durant was the second overall pick in his oh. draft, and... No, no contest. Who should have gone one-one in that one? Greg Oden got hurt. I know. Doesn't matter. I know. I know. Your hand I just was feel... the best player in the country in that draft. I know. I just feel bad picking on guys who got hurt. Greg Oden was really, really good. I'm not so sure that Bryce Bryce Young is going to be good. I'm pretty confident that if he doesn't get hurt, he'll be good. He looked awful. It's less about. Less about the Greg Oden thing than it is about. No, like, I know I, the I best. Know, I know draft going number two. I know. I just like I don't know, man. Bryce Young looked really bad, like really bad. He did, but part of the reason I'm not super concerned be- for that reason is because these not it's not it's not things that Bryce Young has done ever that we saw in the past and we're like maybe this could cause issues. This is just like he's drowning in Carolina and just trying to come up with anything. You're right. There's, and, and, there's a real chance that he could be developing bad habits that will scar him going forward. 
but I don't think it's like a this is Bryce Young kind of thing yet. That's fair. And we said coming into the year, we both were all over it that he was going to have a rough time. We said that before the season started. So like I, we knew this, but I think I gave him an award at some point for just like he hasn't shown me anything. Like I haven't seen a single like. I saw more from Will Levis in that one game than Bryce Young has shown me, really. He hasn't had one, like, star performance. Like, okay, I'm I'm sure that this guy is going to be the guy, maybe not this year, but in the future. Like, he hasn't done that. I've seen more from Sam Howell than I've seen from Bryce Young. I'm just inclined to believe that Bryce Young is, is a really good at being a quarterback and that doesn't mean that he can lift like a really shitty situation. And it doesn't mean that I think he, the window for him being the best quarterback in this draft class is even open still, because I'm pretty like ready to put the nail in the coffin on like them should have taken CJ Stroud at this point, but I'm not ready to write to close the window on him being the second best quarterback in this class yet. I, I'm not either. I didn't mean to say that I think Levis is better. I just meant in terms of the... Uh, you did. Yeah, okay. Just, I think also there's something here in that you watched a lot more of Bryce Young in college than I did. So you have a lot more to pull from, a lot more evidence from back then of like, okay, I've seen this guy be amazing. Whereas I don't have all that much of that. So for me basing it off of what I've seen in the NFL and like not just being like, okay, this guy's the first overall pick. Like he must be good. That's where I think the, like, that's why you're probably giving him a lot more wiggle room than I am. Yeah. And look, the the size concerns are legitimate. There's times where I'm watching the Panthers games and he looks tiny, tiny, and that, so small. Tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's also there's other times where I'm watching a Panthers game and I see four unblocked D linemen in his face and him trying to run away. So like it's just kind of how much can anybody do in this situation? And certainly I think they made the mistake picking him over CJ Stroud. I don't there's not much to argue that now besides maybe saying let's wait and see, but I'm ready to say that, that they should have taken Stroud, but um and that like this award is about Stroud. But yeah, I don't know. I, I need to just I need to give them time to see. I would just like to see him with a better team because there's not many guys that could have any measure of success in that situation now, I think. Totally fair. Last word on this and then we can move on to bold prediction. I just I haven't seen a star quality. That's all. I I haven't seen something I can point to and be like, all right, like even for let's say Kyler Murray, like I don't think Kyler's that good, but he man he did some things when he was rolling out of the pocket and making some throws and escaping pressure. And like the, some of the things Kyler's done, like it's like, man, that guy is electric at his best. I've like even Sam Howell, like I've seen him throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Like I've seen plays. I've seen glimpses. I just haven't seen it from Bryce Young. That's all. Yes. I guess. Cause Bryce Young's game is a little more like, but what star plays like that? Mm, Bruce said Burrow, and it's not wrong, but it's not. Burrow, like, creates more, I think. 
Yeah, Burrow's got a lot more creativity. And also, I just, I, you saw Burrow's talent. It was so evident even right away, even behind that shit O-line. All right, you want to know my honest answer, and it's going to sound crazy? It's Brady. Okay. Like, nobody, I've never seen anybody do, like, be better at quarterbacking at that level than Bryce Young. And, like, he, he can't, he can't create something out of nothing, but... If you give him a lemon, not many people are going to be able to maximize the juice you get from that than him. It's just there's nothing there to do that with now. That's fair, but I guess I don't see what makes Bryce Young better than Brock Purdy. Uh, you, there's been nothing to see so far. So that's all. And, like, Brock Purdy might be really good. I've maintained that he's really – I think he's good. But, like – He's not a superstar. He's not what you want. when If you have the first overall pick in a draft, you don't want that. You don't want that. And you spe- especially don't want the second pick to be doing what he's doing. Yeah. Like I, Bryce Young feels like a guy you can win with, not a guy who wins. I, That's I, all. I agree with that. All right. Bold prediction of the year. Of the week. Let's do it. You start it off. Okay. I don't know how familiar you are with the drama that's unfolding at New York Sports Radio's premier station, WFAN, 101.9 on FM radio. But they had Giants legend Carl Banks on for 15 years for a weekly spot. And then the newer newer midday hosts hung up on him when they were getting over into an argument over Kayvon Thibodeau because he was coming off a good game. And they were criticizing him, and Carl Banks was like, dudes, like, you, are you ever going to look for something good to say about this guy? And they basically just hung up on him. So my bold prediction of the year, of the week, is that WFAN will, have a, will announce the departure of Sal Licata from the midday program, and they will replace him with Rick DiPietro. Wow, okay. Based on nothing, based on nothing besides what the events that I described unfolding. There's isn't, no rumors uh, of D. Pietro. Isn't Geo popping off too lately? Yeah, he's losing his mind. Like, losing yeah. his mind. He's being like a total asshole on Twitter and stuff. I saw that. It was the best thing that ever happened to whatever that guy's book was. The Gary something, yeah. The, yeah, the, I can't remember his name. But it, was about, it was a Giants book, but... People, I saw a million tweets like, I'm just buying this guy's book because fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, I don't even like the Giants, but I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Once a Giant by Gary something. Buy it out on, on Amazon. Yep. All right. My bold prediction of the year of the week is continuing on our trend of Josh Dobbs discussions. Josh Dobbs will continue his Cinderella story, his Fitz Magic-esque story, and they will upset the Saints. Saints are favored by two and a half this week, and the Saints are actually pretty good and playing pretty well. But the Vikings have a little bit of Team of Destiny vibe to them right now, and I am just riding the train. And I honestly, I just, I want more reasons to root for the guy. And if they're they win their six and four, and that keeps playoff hopes alive, and Jefferson coming back more likely by the week, hundred percent. All right. That about does it. I will give us our little endy thing that I do. 
Uh, you mm-hmm. can find us wherever you get your podcasts on all social medias. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, slash X, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, I think that's all of them. Uh, yep. And, and the, the giveaway. Yes, the giveaway, the helmet giveaway will be announced next week during next week's episode. Very exciting stuff. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page and follow us on Instagram to enter. Uh, Yeah, we will. uh, It's pretty exciting stuff. And we'll announce the winner on our Instagram story as well in case people aren't listening on YouTube or whatever it may be. So it'll be on multiple platforms, but you got to claim it to win it. If you don't claim it, we're going to have to redraw it. And I don't want to do that. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Producer Roo. Thank you, Mikey Caps. This was episode 29 of the Breaks Down podcast powered by 528 Collectibles. We will see you next week. See you next week.